All right. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to another Learning Tech Talks where we are continually exploring the landscape of, I'm just going to say, all things tech and skill learning. I I, I still, I, I change this literally every week, Christy, just so you know. <laughs> But today we're going to be talking pragmatically about full cycle, full life cycle skill development. And if you're going, what does that mean? Well, good. That's a good, good question to ask. And I'm so glad you asked because we're going to answer that. And uh, we're also going to be breaking this down into really pragmatic terms in terms of some of the recent things that we're seeing. If you haven't followed the SVB incident and everything going on there, like how skills really matter, even in the age of technology and AI. So to join me on this one, Christy McCann Flynn is joining me from Skill Cycle, formerly Go Coach, though, right? You, you did yes. a whole new rebranding thing with it. Yeah, yeah. No, awesome. Thanks, Chris. And I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be back. Um, and I could, I could explain the rebranding if that's helpful. Um, you know, it's, it's you know beyond what? the logo. Let's, let's do that one. Let's, let's, let's talk about why from Go Coach to skill cycle because yeah. people may have seen the original one and now, or maybe they haven't, which you could go back and look at this, but just look at this one and then you'll get the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, you know, hi, thrilled to be here. Christy, a uh, former HR uh, exec for a long time. I created Go Coach um, as a very easy entry point into organizations to provide upscaling with our coach marketplace and learning experience platform. And you know, we, we work really well with a lot of organizations, but the North Star has always been to bring it all together, right? We, okay. we have a lot of these monolithic and disparate systems within performance management, engagement, you know, uh, content, you know, mentoring, what have you. And they, they just hold all this data. And this data is really key to how we need to develop people, right? And so like, yeah. who goes through a performance review? gets a bunch of feedback and then that's it. Like see goes you next off year. into the digital landfill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see you next year. Like, and it's, and you know, the, at most they get is some like what generic training, like any, you know, and maybe a privileged few, like, you know, actually get some core development. And so with skill cycle, now we own the entire, you know, landscape of performance management, engagement, workforce analytics and learning with our coach marketplace learning experience platform. So that we're taking, all the important, you know, development data on people and actually matching it, you know, I mean, to plans, you know, I mean, with their coaches and content that are personalized for them and their roles, their goals and everything they need to do. Yeah. And here's the best part is that their goals are tied to it, right? So this is yeah. not just some like fluffy thing, you know, from the sky, it, it connected to the overall company and organization goals and their goals. Well, because when we talked last time and you were, and it was go coach, that was, which again, is still a really important problem to solve in organization. Yeah. Like a lot of people are not getting that kind of personalized development, you know? So it was, it was solving that problem. But to your point, a lot of times that's left even still similar to the performance review. It's like, okay, now we've got this other thing that we're filling where it's like, right. okay, now I'm getting feedback and personalized coaching and this is great, but it's leaving the employee in this awkward space of, so... <laughs> Do I have to connect the dots? Right. Like what's <laughs> next? This? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like what's next? Okay. Yeah. So I'm getting this coaching. I'm also having this annual performance review that goes somewhere that I have no idea where. And then there's like nothing in between. So was that always the vision though? Was the vision yeah. always to bring that together? And now yeah. you're just kind of fully getting there? Yeah. We, we led with learning first because like, okay. you know, the bar is low. Uh, as we've seen the last couple of days, like, you know what I mean? People... 
people need help with communication, change management, collaboration. So we were easily able to go in there and make impacts within these organizations, right? But like, okay. you know, to the whole thing, like now what factor? And it's just like, you know, why am I learning something if it's not connected to my goals, my role, my career, right? And okay. so like we've, we've bridged that, like this is the, the what's in it for me factor that makes sense for where they are to really meet them where they're at. And for HR and, you know, uh, executive stakeholders and managers, they have complete visibility into an organization. And so they can continue to give feedback based on progress that's connected to their roles, that's connected to their goals. And so like, we're not waiting, you know, you know, every six months to a year to be like, hey, your communication skills suck. Um, it's like, <laughs> you could have told me that 364 days ago. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and now yeah. what do I do? Oh, do I, I Google communication skills? Do I go to LinkedIn learning? There's a thousand communication classes. Like what right. sucks? What do I need to do better within, you know, my role? So we're, we're making it very easy, you know, by bringing data and development together in one, one core hub. Okay. Okay. Well, and that makes sense that that's always been the vision to get to that point. Cause you've got to start somewhere and usually to, to just, I'm thinking the landscape of the overall HR tech stack, trying to go full cycle out of the gate could be a lot to try and bite off out of yeah. the it's like, okay, we, we, you ought to have, to your point, we've got to have an entry point in where right. we, how do we actually prove out that this is a capability and a need that you have, then how do we expand out of it and help you see that there's major gaps in the way you're doing it today? Yeah. I mean, when you look at like HR tech stacks, like ATS, yeah, I can do all my candidate stuff, like, you know what I mean? And, and hiring mm -hmm. stuff, like, you know, right. I have my, you know, human capital management, HRS payroll benefits, check, check, check. Then you have the other side of the coin, like, you know what I mean? LMSs, performance management, engagement, OKR, workforce analytics, mentoring platforms. Like, it's just like, oh my God, it's overwhelming, right? And it's extremely costly and it's not connected to anything. It's just doing right. something. Um, well, and it's so, dealing with the people side. Like, yeah. the way you broke it down, I think is an important thing for folks who may not be as familiar with the HR tech stack, because there is more this operational type stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, we got to do payroll. We got to do recruiting. Like you said, we got to bring candidates in and manage that, but that's very operational in nature versus what we're talking about is like, okay, you're dealing with people. This is, this is messy. Like it's, in, yeah. it's, it's messy and inevitably can be a little chaotic. Yeah. Okay. That's how I'm using tech as And when did the change, when did the official change happen? When did you officially, cause that last time we talked, or even when we were preparing for this one, you still had yeah. a go coach pillow sitting yeah. behind you. So like, it's not, it's not like that far yeah. behind us, is it? No, we kicked it off at the beginning of the year. We have been working on this for the second half of the year because like, you know, I really want to take on that whole development, you know, um, area and, you know, really develop a, a people development operating system, right? Like, you know, I mean, to be able right. to manage all these things, that, you know, with tech enablement, um, and we've labeled it, you know, human capital development. Um, so we launched it in January in Atlanta and it was fun. Um, it was just a, a great, you know, event with uh, from day one, uh, you know, the kick it off in Atlanta and Atlanta is where a lot of our investors are too. And so like, you know, we got to have a big offsite and big team meeting. And then uh, I went up and, you know, launched uh, a skill cycle and, you know, HR tech conferences are, you know, they're pretty boring anyways. Uh, until like, you know, you actually get to the alcohol at the end of the day, um, but I, I, I went up and, um, you know, spoke about what we were doing. And then there was literally like a rush of HR people to a booth, which I've never seen happen before. Like we were not giving away anything free at that booth. Um, and the first question that was asked is like, is this for real? 
I'm like, yeah, like I want to see it. Like, you know what I mean? Because like it automatically clicked with them. Like, why am I doing all these like archaic things that like lead to nothing? Like we spent all this time and money and energy and money going through performance and people's reviews. and people's attention. We're yeah. asking people to do all this stuff. Yeah, and people ask- aren't stupid. I mean, yeah. honestly, if you spend time talking to the workforce yeah. and you ask, like, they're like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm asked to do it. I do it because I have to, but like, yeah. you tell me it's important, but I'm not yeah. seeing anything. Yeah. Like, there's no why behind it, especially if you're not connecting it to goals and, and development. It's, it's just, it's stupid. Um, and so like the, the, the light bulb was going off with them and it was just like, it was extremely validated, right? Because I've been in HR for about 20 years and, you know, I've had questions. It's like, you've been in HR for 20 years, but you say you don't like any of the platforms. I'm like, I don't. Like, why? I'm like, tell me one HR person that built one of those platforms, right? Like, if anything, a lot of those platforms that have been out there have inhibited me from doing my job, not having the visibility that I need within my organization, not being able to, you know, provide the path and the plan, you know what I mean, as far as overall development. You know, I, I spent a majority of my 20 years in HR, you know, mastering pivot tables by connecting, you know, systems together to try to get a snapshot and, and a lot of wine, uh, you know, try to get a, a, a snapshot. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, I would pay no, $100 I know. for a system and I still couldn't get out of it what I needed. I know. We've got full-blown people analytics teams behind here doing yeah okay so so let's define this though for folks because people may be like okay i i think generically i'm understanding because we kind of talked about the journey from go coach to skill cycle but when you obviously it captured a lot of attention at the hr conference so when you were describing what skill cycle is like what exactly is it i mean in in a quick summary in terms of how do you package that yeah it's essentially bringing human capital development, which is performance management, engagement, right. learning, you know, an overall workforce analytics along with goals into one ecosystem that works okay. with each other. Not a feature set. These are workflows, right? So, Chris, you just went through performance reviews. Um, I heard that you have terrible communication skills, like awful, right? They're um, the worst. They really and, are. Just ask yeah. people. Uh, and so, so. They, we have this data now that, you know, from the 360, from your own, et cetera. And this data starts to immediately open up the door to the coach marketplace and learning experience platform for coaches and content to be able to create a personalized plan for you as to how you're going to, you know, do better with your communication skills, like, you know what I mean, and, and get what you need that's managed and measured, you know what I mean, and that's connected to your goals. So, everything's all connected. It's automatically, data is automatically flowing to development that's personalized for you, that's managed and measured, you know, along with your goals to be able to get the outcomes that that you need. And so that enhances engagement, retention, productivity, and by the way, actually like, you know, skill and goal accomplishment. Um, So not only that, saves HR a boatload of money. We are a CFO's dream right now because like the fact that like we have created one stack to take care of this all, um, you know, not only is a great fiduciary responsibility <laughs> instead of having these multiple things, but um, it ties to things that matter to an organization, like goals and outcomes well, and productivity. Well, and what's interesting about what you brought up, because I think where I was going to clarify, because the industry, and for good reason, I think sometimes gets nervous when they hear all in one, right? They And, and for good reason, because it's like, well, okay. when you say all in one, then are you good at everything or mediocre at everything and not good at anything. But what you brought up in the beginning though, I think would be a differentiator because what you're doing is not 
we're the everything you would ever need. But what you're saying is this is a workflow, which it is. Yeah. When we really yeah. think about performance and skill development, this is a single workflow that, to your point, often is completely discombobulated, which is yeah. unfortunate because it should be a seamless process. What you just right. described, hey, we're having a conversation on your performance and what you need to accomplish. All right, there's some shortcomings and some things where maybe we think you can grow you. What do we do about that? How did you do on that? How does that tie to, and it's just continuing that cycle. So yeah, I think it's, if, if it's fair, it's not that you're trying to be the all things to HR tech. It's this very specific workflow cycle, which often spans, honestly, yeah. the number of platforms that usually are involved in that one single workflow is insane. Yeah, that's the issue. They, they, they just create feature sets, right? And features aren't going to help me. Like I, I need to mimic that tech is there to enable the workflows within an organization, the work of what you do, right? It, it's yeah. about that. And when you, when tech doesn't enable that and, and it, it becomes a hindrance, which it has, right? It, it's just, you know, crazy. So like I've been in HR for 20 years and I've been asking the same age old question for 20 years. Why are we giving people report cards, i.e. performance reviews, without giving them learning? Right. So, like, so, so, hey, you got an F. What can I do uh, about it? So like, what, what? Sorry, I've been in HR for a long time. So we go through this process that's complete hell. And then we do nothing. For everyone them, involved. Right? For everyone, everyone involved. involved. But, like, again, this is a workflow. Now, whether it's a right or wrong workflow. We've, we've made it right. Like it flows into development right now, but like, so like, you know, non HR people that went and built these things, they just built things based on what they would hear or what they dealt with. Like, you know I mean? From their overall user experience, not understanding that this workflow attaches to it's an entire big, Yeah. Bigger, greater component of the organization. It's like, that's why you have these monolithic systems that don't talk to each other. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to talk about that though. No, because this is a really important piece in thinking of performance as a workflow. Because again, to, to some of the challenges that we run into, and we, we, we will tap into the AI conversation later, not now, <laughs> but it's one of these things that we often operate under the assumption that we, we run a clean ops management. Oh, well, our operations are in place, which if they are, Sometimes then you can get away with this like, well, let's augment this part of the process with this thing and let's augment this over here. But quite frankly, this performance workflow in pretty much every organization I've ever encountered is a dumpster fire a lot of times. I mean, it's, it's a mess. And yeah. so when you stand up tech around it, that is like, oh, well, we really specialize in this one area. And it's like, well, but this is a single workflow. So you can't just set up this lemonade stand over here randomly yep. and think like, well, they'll come get lemonade. And it's like, yeah, but the kitchen's on fire over there. Like they're not <laughs> going to come around and get a nice cool glass of lemonade. They're concerned about the building burning down right. type of a thing. And I, and yeah. I can see where if you're not thinking about this as just a consistent life cycle, then you are going to miss it. Yeah. Hence skill cycle. That's how easy it was to come up with the name after. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the go coach name, but, you know, everybody and their, you know, brother is a, a coach right now. So how to kill that. Uh, but, yeah. And for the audience out there, coaching, you know, needs to be certification. 
there needs to be legitimacy. It's not just, you know, every random person out there. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we wanted to protect the clout and credibility of our coaches who are certified and masters of what they do, um, you know, without, I didn't have any control over that name anymore. Um, and so that was another reason, like making sure that you're getting learning that is legitimate and it's applicable to what you're doing um, and connect. So. So on this, on this workflow piece though. Okay. And I'm curious, just haven't been in, I've got a point of view on this, but I'll try not to tip my hand before we, we get into it. When working with organizations on this workflow, you know, inevitably I've run into orgs where everyone thinks like, no, ours is completely unique and different. And so I can see some of the challenges that, you know, you can run into where it's like, well, how does this account, where do you draw that line between no, it's, it's regardless of whether you have nuances to your execution of this, it's the same cycle versus, oh, we need to reinvent the workflow every single time. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, a lot for like the mid-market companies, like, you know, 100 up to 5,000 employees, you know, which is our sweet spot. It's, it's the same workflow. Now, where they have different competencies, absolutely. You know I mean? They have different okay. goals, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, they might actually give feedback to their employees more than once a year. We see, you know, very good. Like, you know I mean? Uh, and so, you know, it's about creating, you know, a, a very flexible and ambiable products, like, you know I mean? That really meets people where they're at, right? And so if they okay. want to, you know, have different questions within 360s, by all means, go for it. Um, if they want to bring their own content that they have created, that that's going to, you know, be part of this workflow that marries goals to, you know, roles and skills and all that, we can enable that. If they want to leverage their, you know, own mentors or coaches and health, great, fine by me. Like, okay. you know I mean? We, we can enable that. So, but at the core is the same. And the core yeah. is we gather data every single year to ask employees how they feel. And then we do nothing with this data. We, we, we do reviews once or twice a year, and then we do nothing with this data. And then we create, you know, learning, mentoring, and, and goals and all that that are not connected to anything when the data is literally sitting right there. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? To yeah. give you the answer. And so, you know, it, it's again about establishing, you know, that workflow of data and development coming together in a constant cycle of, of learning that's connected to your roles and your goals and, and your outcomes um, and to be able to get to, you know, that skill advancement and enhancement. Okay. Well, that's managed and measured. Yeah. Well, and I think to your point, and this is where it makes sense. And, you know, for folks who listen or watch and are going like, well, our, our cycle looks like this. It's like, well, but what you're describing has the flexibility to say, yeah, there's a recognition that the way you run your cycles might right. look different. But at the end of the day, you're going through this same process yeah. like you described. You're you're having conversations about things. Ideally, you should be. And then you're asking people to do things about it. And then you're evaluating whether or not they did that. And then the cycle continues and you're going right. through this and finding different ways. And whether you need to have flexibility in well, the frequency of that or what people have to develop or these other components. Yeah. There's flexibility to be able to augment and customize, um, mm-hmm. or configure, I guess I like to use the word configure versus customize. It's like, yeah, we'll yeah. configure the cycle, but you're following the same cycle. We're not going to make yeah. an infinity loop because that's just not the way it works. You can't yeah. reinvent this thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been HR for 20 years. The only difference between an enterprise company and a mid-market employee uh, company when it comes to these cycles is more employees. 
right? So, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? When I was at Pearson, it's just like, oh my God, there's too many employees. Like I have to be accountable of like getting all these reviews done. Like when I was at Constant Contact, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be so easy. I have like half the employee population. Um, but I mean, that, that that's the only difference. And, and it's about, you know, tying those competencies to actual, you know, goal and scale outcomes. I mean, that, that that's where, that's where the meat of it is. And that often gets lost within translation because anyone can hit a goal. It's how you right. do it that matters. Right. And so we're really getting into the how of that um, and, you know, taking that feedback and, you know, creating outcomes out of it for overall, you know, goal and skill enhancement. Well, so let's talk, let's transition this into some of the why this matters, because I think it's a really fair point to call out. Cause again, it's one of those, I think sometimes we lose that part and then it sounds like, oh, this just feels like more to do on top of it without necessarily seeing the connection to it. Yeah. So like, as you think about some of this stuff, and we've got a very, very recent example of what can happen. But I think in regardless of whether you were impacted by the SBB bank or even knew about it, I don't think I've been in an executive conversation in the last, I don't know how many years, that the, the concern about skills and skill development hasn't been a major topic of conversation. Like, hey, we have this gap. Like, what do we do about it? And a lot of times people struggle with it because like you've said, the workflow is broken. It's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. We tell people where the gap is and then it goes off somewhere and maybe people are doing something about it, but we have no idea and we don't know how it's going to know where that's happening. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah. So Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, um, I had some money in there. Uh, you know, most important thing, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, I was diversified. diversified. I think that, that, that yeah. that's lesson learned, <laughs> number one here. So, you know, the good news with, was is that even though we were still scrambling, um, you know, I had money to, to pay my people. Where we were scrambling the most was, was that, you know, SVB, I sent out payroll early. I sent out like, you know, AP for the coaches early, you know, paid my vendors early, you know, then moved the rest of the money early before the whole thing got went crashing down. And then I literally stared at my computer and watched processing for like 12 hours before the whole thing just disconnected. Right. Um, so what, what did we learn from SVP? I cannot imagine how stressful that had to be, by the way, when, when we were exchanging emails, I was like, I would be having a heart attack. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I'm pretty sure my team took a lot of like, you know, pictures of me, like literally like staring, like to see if it moved, like have you moved yeah. and then the whole goddamn thing got shut off. Uh, and it's just like, wait a second, like I got, I got to pay my employees. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, talk about communications and change management. So I'm going to give you the story and I'm going to point how skills would have really helped, uh, you know, what I mean yeah. with this. So, you know, we get a note, you know, from the Fed, I don't know, around uh, three o'clock on Friday. And it was just like a, a small little note. And, you know, I sent it to my CFO and, um, uh, you know, COO. I was like, can somebody break this down to me? Like, a Mind you, not from the bank, right? No, no, nothing, not nothing from, from the, the bank. bank. No, nothing, nothing <laughs> from the bank. I, I, I got to deal with the government now because apparently the government has my money. Uh, yeah. and, and so I sent the note, you know, to my CFO and COO. I'm like, can you break this down to me like a two-year-old? Because this basically says I'm screwed. They're like, Yeah. Yeah, that's an accurate assessment. It's actually like, exactly what it says. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who sends a message like this? First off, like, like, hey, don't worry, we're we don't know what's going to happen. We're 
this is what we're doing this week and to figure things out. Right, nope. crisis management. Th Something bad has happened. What you yeah. don't say is like, well, everybody, world's on yeah. fire. Yeah, it was like, no, you'll have 250K, you know, on Monday. I'm just like, F you, 250K. I'm just like, that's a shit for me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so communication breakdown across the board, right? Then the yeah. system went down. Again, no communications or any change management plans, nothing. Now, I'm sure tons of stuff was going on behind the sure. scene. Like, who who's going to buy this? You know what I mean? Is the Fed going to bail them out? Like, you know, we could only assume. But if right. you imagine you know if people one... weren't sitting back smoking cigars and sipping right. cognac on this. Right. Like people were freaking that... out doing things. Yeah. Right. But like again, no communications basically say, hey, there's a bunch of us that are working on this, like you know what I mean, and, and we hope to be within you soon. Like, you know what I mean? There, I have a yep. disconnected, you know, bank account now, and you know, I can't I have no visibility. And so I immediately started communicating with my employees because like this is now becoming front page news, right? And the thing that, you know, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, this. Well, and this is, this is, I mean, I'm just laughing like yeah. in a sad laugh because this isn't a unique story. Like it'd be one thing yeah. that was like, this has never happened in the history of the world. Yeah. This happens all the time. And employees yeah. hit, see the news and go, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. This is the news. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, wait, does Christy have her money with, you know, SVB? And like, I'm thinking as an employee that if I was an employee, like, you know what I mean? And I knew that we bank with SVB, like I'm buying a house this weekend, right? Like, right. Am, I'm I, am I going to get my paid? House. Like, am yeah. I getting, is my check coming? Through? Am I getting paid? Right. So, so I started to immediately communicate with my employees like, hey, not all my eggs were in one basket. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. I, I got other banks. Like, you know what I mean? The issue is more that this is a logistical nightmare. I sent out yes. payroll, I sent out AP, like you know what I mean, I transfer money. It all should be processing. The issue is, is that I, it said processing and then I had you no access. You just don't know where it's processing yeah, I have from no and we're trying to figure this like, out, but don't worry, we're gonna yeah. get it taken care of. And so, so I was just like, but you know, this is what I'm gonna do. I was just like, if it doesn't go through, like you know what I mean, I will, I have money in other banks that we could run, like you know what I mean? I was yep. like, and not to mention, like we had a lot of our investors call us like, Hey, Christy, like, do you know, do you need us at the spot you pay her? I'm like, no, I'm actually good. Like, you know what I mean? So like my investors are communicating with me, which is excellent. Cause not every, you know, single investor did that. And then I immediately started emailing the coaches also just letting them know the situation. This is what I did. You know, this is what we're doing. This is how I'm going to rectify it. If, if, if the whole thing goes down, I'm just going to connect, you know, my uh, payables yeah. and accounts and all that the other account and it might be worst case a day or two late and if it is a day or two late let me know i got checks and, and i'll overnight you a check like you know what i mean like you know right here i'll overnight you we'll send the pony like, express to your house yeah, if there's an I, 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 if you're you, gonna lose the closing on yeah. your house let me know yeah so exactly sure. otherwise like, it might be a day or two you might lose right so the best set of be so i'm sending all these communications right you know because this is my job like that, yeah. that's my job is to communicate with my people. And all these people, all my coaches and uh, are emailing back like, wow, Christy, thank you so much for communicating. Like nobody else has been doing this with them. This it's just like, you're exceptional. Like I am not exceptional. I'm doing my job, right? And so like the yeah. fact that like nobody's communicating and then you have everybody on social media putting their hypothesis out there instead of oh, communicating yeah. it with their employees as to what they were doing, how they were doing, right? And so we all knew a bank run was going to happen. Like that, that's what became completely obvious <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. If the, you know, Fed didn't step in, you know, there was going to be more to come down. And then, 
you know, in a weird way, SVB being the first is kind of good because if we are last, we might not have the money back and whatnot. But I mean, very little communication, very little change management, no crisis management whatsoever. Like, you know what I mean? No clear timeline of next step. Like the first communication I got from SVB Bank was last night at 10 o'clock at, at night with the new CEO. And by that time, I had taken all the rest of my money out there. And, and, and what's also, you know, terrible about the situation, I loved working with SVB. They had amazing customer service. Um, they had amazing connections, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, we talked SVB, about how they enabled all the biggest entrepreneurs are out there. Huge, huge companies, right? That they, they were connectors and they were masters of their trade. And so because of the mistakes of the exec, like the CEO and all that, that is not reflective of, of what was going on. The employees did their job and, and they were excellent. And that's why I was a customer over there. So I just want to make sure is that like, you know, the, there was skills that were used, you know what I mean? Yeah. But unfortunately, it wasn't the right people using them uh, that mattered for people like me, that mattered for people like my employees. And so yeah. when you look at all the things that broke down within the last, like, you know, four days, no communication, no change management, no collaboration, no, situa no situational Which are leadership. all skills. Emotional intelligence. These are like, all skills. You know, These are all skills that you can grow and develop, which... Yeah. Going back to, and again, so I know we're kind of unpacking this, like, yeah. you know, tabloid stuff, but I mean, for good reasons, because this does help illustrate why does this stuff matter? Because I can't yeah. tell you the number of conversations oh. I'm in where people are saying skills, but it's one of those, do you really understand how this can fundamentally throw the world into chaos if you don't get this right? This isn't just like, well, you know, if we get to it or we fix this you know, type of a thing, but it's when crisis happens that you actually see like, oh, oh, here's why it really matters that we develop the skills and have the right people and know where the right people are. Because to your point, it's not only the skill piece, but it's also making sure you know where those skills are and that you're, you're leveraging them in a time of crisis or when these kinds of things happen. Right. I mean, it happened three years ago with COVID. All he had to do Oh. was come out and acknowledge that there was this thing called COVID and that they were working with everybody, you know what I mean, to get it fixed. And instead, it, 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 he splintered everybody, blamed, you know, China for everything. I mean, and, and splintered this country. One communication could have mirrored a different impact, like, you know what I mean? And, and that's what's important because this is not about us. Like, yes, no. I was freaking out about SVB, me and my head. It's, it was yeah. about my employees. It was about my coaches. I need to be there for them, right? And if, I, if, if I'm not there for them, why are they going to be there for me? And, and that is an act of leadership. And all those skills need to be there in order to be a leader. And no, I am not the best leader. I screw up every goddamn day, Right. But, but where I continue to be transparent and where I continue to enhance my communication and change management and all these different things, they trust me, right? Even when I do screw up, they trust me. How many other employees, you know, think about that like they're leaders, right? And, and because you don't have these skills, you do not have trust. And the minute, even if you do have trust, it's probably fake trust, like it was at SVB, right? right. Everybody probably trusted that CEO because like he looked like a really good CEO, but he messed up and he basically told people that he didn't have money and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and that he was going to go get it. Like, 
wait a second, all my money's in there. You need $2 billion? Like, might want to keep that in the boardroom, buddy, uh, and go get the money. <laughs> um, yeah, like, right. Okay, so he right. messed up, right? And there was a lot of mess ups. So I'm using it as an example because it happens. I'm yep. transparent with my employees too, but there's- Yeah, it happens. Right? Which, right. which some of the things you described, I can completely see that there would be leaders who would go, that level of transparency freaks me out. Right. And it's like, I get it. I get it. And can I think of times in my career where being transparent has come back to bite me? Yeah. It has. It sure it has. But when I weigh that against when transparency has been vastly worthwhile because of the trust it builds and whatever, and even when those things come back to sting you sometimes, it ends up getting just toppled over by the fact that like, well, yeah, but then everybody dogpiles on the fact that it's like, uh, yeah, but that's not actually the norm type of a thing. It, yeah. it balances, it doesn't balance the scales. It's like, Erp. but it is a balancing act and it's a skill. It you know what I mean? It's a skill. Again, like it's You're a spot skill. On. You, you gotta critically think, right? Another like social media has killed all critical thinking and friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some jackass rock wrote uh, an article for, you know, the Washington Street Journal over the weekend, you know, talking about the SVB demise and, and basically said that because of their diversity, that's why they screwed up. Like, you kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? Because of their diversity, little people like me had access to capital and connections that I would have never had with the big four, yep. right? That this is, do you know, do you know what it is? Again, Mr. I think his name's Andy Kessler. Yeah. You got a diversity issue within yourself because you don't have the skills to be able to do your job, but yet you're out there talking about it like you think you're an expert on it. You need those skills within DEI and culture and engagement to be able to understand that diversity has helped businesses, you know, small like me, become very large through, you know, these opportunities that I would have never right. had. That would have not been afforded right. to. Right. And so, and, and I channels. don't. I'm not wearing a vest and I don't have, you know, spiky, like, you know, greased out hair, like, you know, Silicon Valley tech bros, which they, uh, you know, associate SVB with. No. Yes, there was Silicon Valley sure. tech bros, but then there was people like me, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's very important. And to ever say that, you know, diversity, you know what I mean, is why, you know, somebody failed, just right. goes to show how many skills you lack and how stupid you are. And which goes to the whole conversation of chat GBT and AI. Because if we're stupid and racist, chat GBT and AI is going to be stupid and racist. Like, so like we, we constantly need to be skilling ourselves and our employees to have better outcomes and better tomorrow. So we don't have a lot of what just happened within the last four days. It's all skill. Yeah, it's all, it's all, I mean, this is why I get really amped up on the skills conversation for good reason. Cause to me, mm. when I look, and it's why I got into the human side of things, even though I was, I was. I never had spiky hair. I didn't have enough. Um, I bleached it way too much when I was, you know, in my youth. But realistically, as a tech head, looking at people, it's like skills are the ones and zeros of, I mean, everything. It's how things are actually working type of thing. But what I want to do with this, because I think we can help bring this back around because we could look at this and there's probably organizations out there. Maybe they didn't have an SD, SVB collapse, right? Not on that scale, but every organization out there who hears this can probably think of something that hit where it's like, oh shoot, I can relate to when we had, we had that crisis moment. And oftentimes it's what you do that helps you rise out of the ashes behind that, where you're like, okay, it happened. It happened. 
Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? And I think this is where sometimes organizations are now with the skills where they're looking at it going, it's a mess. We don't really know what to do with our skills. We aren't really sure how to handle this. So what do we do now? And I'd love to just kind of talk about how kind of addressing this life cycle of skills. Let's let's just hypothetically play this out for SBB and go, okay, look, the whole thing blew up. I get it. But how do you move forward from a skills piece? And let's tie it back to some of that. Because I think there's some real value that people could take from that going, oh, okay, I can relate to that story. Well, the number one reason that CEOs fail, and this has been consistent for like 10, 15 years in a row, is lack of change management. Because this, yes, there is crises, but sure. it's it's that the core skill enablement is change management. And change management is you have a bunch of new people starting. Change management is you're having a reorganization. Like, you know, I mean, change management is that you have a different manager. Uh, you know, change management is that you have a different job. You're getting promoted. You're getting demoted. It's all the cycles uh, of an employee. I mean, in any situation. So to give an example of like how this ties back, you know, when I was at Pearson Education, you know, we acquired a lot of companies at that time. And every time we acquired a company, we were really good at acquiring them. We were absolutely terrible at, at bringing them into and integrating them. Like it's just like, the, oh, yeah, yeah sure. integrating them into the ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, great, shiny toy. Throw them in the playpen. Like, you know what I mean? Let, let, let them figure it out. Um, so I, I was tired of, you know, running around in circles with my head chopped off. And so like one of the biggest skills that I brought into the organization into the leadership and into the managers, you know, was actual change management, but like everything has changed. And by the way, we're going to probably go out and acquire a bunch of new companies and divest in a couple other, and people are going to say, does my role change? So do my goals change? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what's the overall plan? What does this mean for me? And so by instituting, you know, not only that training, but development and coaching within the organization, we put it essentially start to create this trinity of a, of a, a project plan, right? You know what I mean? Because everybody looks at change management as fluffy. Change management is not fluffy. It is, not it is fluffy. project management 101, <laughs> right? Um, it, you know, with it's really, very operational in nature. People don't right? always see it. It's very operational. Yeah. I've never understood the like, I oh, don't, no, we don't got time for that. I'm like, <laughs> What? What? This is like process 101. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's process. It's communications. It's reinforcement. It's planning. Um, it, it's getting buy-in, you know what I mean, from your management and from your employees. And so that when we do need to change, you know what I mean, that the oars on the boat or change direction or what we need to do, you actually have people rowing with you instead of like jumping off ship, right? And so like yep. this happens all the time. Like I remember I had this like favorite manager. I did not want to lead this leader, like, you know what I mean? But, you know, I had this guy who called me and said that if I didn't lead this leader that, and, you know, go and work with this other leader that he would uh, inhibit my job. So I'm like, wow, that's a doozy. Um, Could have had a lot better bedside manner communications in in that one, but I didn't want to leave him because I, I, I not only did like, you know, we have a good, like, you know, cadence of working with the other, I didn't want to leave because, you know, establishing, you know, trust in, you know, with the new leader and, and that fear, right? But like, that was a change for me. And your employees go through that every single day, right? You know what I mean? With any new every person day. that comes on the team, what does this mean for me and my role? You know what I mean? Any manager change, like, you know what I mean? Never mind an acquisition and all that. It, it's all about change and, and we got to be able to communicate, you know what I mean? What those changes are. We need to have plans for what those changes are. We need to be right. able to reinforce right. what those changes are. And these all go to the soft skills, but what I like to call powerful, durable skills. You master change management, you have mastered communication, 
you have mastered collaboration, you have mastered situational leadership, you have mastered EQ, you have mastered remote management, because like, you know, especially now these days, it's like, you know, trying to get back employees back into the office. And how do you work with these, you know, hybrid situations? Like literally every customer we talk to is like, I need remote management training. Like it's not remote management training or coaching. It's called <laughs> communication, collaboration, change yeah, management. No, that's just it's it. Like it's, it's not. So we're constantly dealing with it. And the more that we enable ourselves, you know what I mean? To be able to have a lens of what our gaps are, but then to have a path as to how we build, like, you know what I mean? You know, these that's skills that they do a better job. When that's you easy. really think about it, that's what we're giving people. That's we're giving them change management to their career. Yeah. In many yeah. ways. We make it too hard. We, we, we make it too hard. Like, I mean, yeah. like, you know, let's go through performance reviews and waste three months of our lives and then throw it away. Like, you know what I mean? And instead of giving people the skills that they need and, and we're taking that friction out, we're taking that tension out. It becomes all one cycle, right? You know what I mean? So there's going to be changes never going to stop. We have seen that. And nor should our skilling. Skilling should be evergreen. Like it's taken me 20 years to master being a decent communicator. Do you think if I was in my 20s and this S and I was running a company and this SVB thing went down, do you think that I'd be communicating with my employees? No, I'd be at the nearest bar freaking out, right? Because I didn't right. have those skills right. in my or doing 20s. or doing what a lot of people, right? You, you, this is where you see these polar extremes of right. bad things happen. They go radio silent. Cause right. it's like, I don't know what to do. I'm, fr I'm freaking out. I'm dealing with my own emotions and right. I don't whatever. Or you see the Elon Musk things where it's like you fire off an email and say, you got to decide if you don't, your job's lost. Here's the right. form to fill out, you know, to say I'm done. And it's like, what? Like these are, these extremes that happen when you don't have these skills. Yeah. I mean, Elon is fantastic at communications. He sucks at emotional intelligence. Right. Right. And, and it, imagine how right, good. Quit, right. Imagine if you bridge that gap and had yeah, imagine if you bridge that development gap. cycle of going, you know what? We love your passion. You're brilliant. Right. We love the fact you're quick to respond to people and let them know right. what's going on. But could we maybe consider the audience a little bit? Well, not only that, do you know how much more profitable he would be? Right. Okay. Because like he has people burning and churning in those companies because like, you know, the emotional intelligence is not there. Communication, check. You will absolutely know where you stand with this dude. Yeah. You will yeah. know where you stand. You, you will know, know where, you where stand. things are. There's no, but you know, uh, you know, beauty. if you're going to be hiding underneath your bed covers, like, you know, fearing to go to work every single day, not good. Right. And so like, again, if you don't have skills, it costs you money. Every single Cost one of his money. companies right now is, is costing him and his shareholders money. Why? Skills. Like it, it, it all comes down to skills. So when CFOs are saying, hey, we don't have money for budget, you know, organization isn't doing well, blah, blah, blah. No shit, Sherlock. Your organization's not doing well because people don't have the skills to do their job. And we've just been constantly recycling and replacing them, hoping that the new person that comes in has all the skills that we would ever need that doesn't exist. Right. No, they, it, they does not exist. Yeah. So when you when you build your skills base, you're building your money base. And when you build your money base, you're building your productivity base. And when you build your productivity base, you're building your customer and employee base. They all go hand in hand. So I I love that we got to this point because <laughs> I got into a, a really, really spirited <laughs> conversation, <laughs> heated debate. 
let's just say the other day it wasn't on camera, but it was a heated debate about this because we were, I was debating with someone about whether to invest in people or performance. And it just drove me bananas because I'm going, these are not, they are not in conflict with each other for all the reasons you just described. But when you are not getting the people side, right, you are, you are cutting into your performance. You are literally cutting it to your point. Does Elon have more money than he probably will ever know what to do with? Yes. But it's like, just imagine how much more money, money how much more money I get that you might be like, I just don't care. So I can (laughs) do this, but it's like, you could be that much more profitable and not make people's lives miserable and just be blowing it out of the park. Yeah, he could have his own colony on Mars right now. I mean, like, you know, like, just, like, no, I'm serious. Well, like, even, and not even just money, but even progress on some yeah, of this progress. stuff. Because these people are, there's so many people killing themselves in jobs they hate be, and not even knowing what they're doing. So imagine, and I've seen the performance change in people where you're like, this person's a high performer under the worst conditions. You put them in great conditions and you're like, I didn't even know that level of performance was even possible. Right. You know, I mean, it is. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I was in HR for 20 years. I, I, I'm made of armor. Uh, you know what I mean? But I, I have been in some, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no taking me out. Uh, the, you know, but I, I, the difference of people going back to the leader that I didn't want to leave. Not only did I trust him, I thrived under him. I got so he taught me so many things. I got so many skills. There are so many things that I replicate 10 years later in my own organization because I was able to thrive up with them. And the reason I thrived with them, he gave really good feedback. You know what I mean? It wasn't always good. It wasn't always rainbows and sunshines. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? He made me want to work hard, harder. He empowered me, right? You know what I mean? He, he made me critically thick. Like, it, he, he, he really took a lot of the, the things that were like dormant in me and brought them to life. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, brought out the best in you brought out the best in me. And, you know, and it's because he possessed all these skills. And then when they transferred me down to New York with the, the, the psycho there, everything, <laughs> everything that I built, no, it was literally gone overnight. I became, I was no longer Christie. I was a shell of Christie. And, and working in a toxic, toxic environment. And then I became toxic. I sucked at my job. Like, you know what I mean? Within that, it, it, because I couldn't think, because I couldn't breathe, because, and the only thing that saved me is that I had the CTO and the head of sales and the CFO who came in and filled those skill sets that I was getting from Jim up in Boston. Um, and, and that I was able to work and, and be productive again. And, and to the point when I when I left that organization, they all sent me, even though it's ugly as hell, they all sent me the boat or um, with a note mm-hmm. that basically said, thank you for steering the ship. Um, but again, it, it, that, that, that's what good leadership, they, they made me want to fight again. They made me want to learn again. You know what I mean? I got out of that toxicity stew that I was in because of the unknowns, because, because I was not working with somebody that had a skill base that that was even equivalent to me or the rest of the organization. And so like, this is how you lose money. I was getting paid coin. I definitely didn't work. I mean, I worked, 
but I definitely didn't work for six months. Like, yeah, you know, and they, and they're paying me and, and, you know, goals are getting missed, but you know, and so it, it, it all comes back to money. Right. And even when you look at all the different skills that people need, you could attach a dollar of productivity and profitability to it. Yep. Right. Even with some of the stuff that's going on, you know, I mean, on a worldwide basis, it, it's, it could all be applied and go back to skills. It well, and that's even just what you described. And this is where I see some of the misnomers around this stuff. It it goes in kind of two ways that I've experienced over the years. One is the example of Jim. Well, I don't know if Jim's his real name, but we'll we'll use Jim. Is a lot of companies will be like, we need to hire Jim. <laughs> like, right. let's find Jim. And right. it's they spend, and again, going back to its money. They will right. spend countless resources looking for Jim. We right. have to find Jim. We have to, it, we're, where's Jim? And it, we'll pay Jim 10 times what we would normally pay for this role just to get Jim. And it's like, well, I mean, I guess that's one way to do it, but there's only so many gyms. Right. I mean, there's only so many gyms. So what are you going to do? Because that's certainly not scalable to say, well, how do we just get Jim? And right. the other one is, you, you know, you'll see like, oh, well, we'll just set everybody through this training course and hopefully they'll become gyms on the right. other side. And it's like, no, that's not it because that's not how it works either. What you described right. is a skill set that Jim had that can be developed yeah. in other people, but you don't want to create a bunch of gyms. You want to create a bunch of people with the skill sets that Jim has that can right. lead the way Jim did. Exactly. And that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's about giving everybody the opportunity yeah. to be able to advance within their skills, right? We, even when we go through performance management, maybe a privileged few, you know, get a coach, like, you know, I mean, everybody else gets some stupid, you know, generic training. Um, right. If it, but why would you only, no, seriously, like, <laughs> why, why, why would you, why would you only give send you to a, a conference? Right, send you to a conference. <laughs> yeah, because we all know what, what great drinking events those are. So why would you give only a few? of your employees. Right. So going back to SVB, right? Why would you put all of your eggs in only a few people when you have an entire organization that you could scale and be even more profitable with, right? Like, you want to spread the wealth. You want to spread the skills. You want to spread the opportunity. You want to spread the diversity. You want to drive that engagement and you want to create a safe culture. Do you know what the biggest thing that I missed about Jim? is that not only did he taught me, teach me a lot of things, he made me safe. And he didn't make me safe, you know what I mean, because he told me everything I wanted to hear. He made me feel safe because he was giving me the skills that I need to do my job better. And, and, and we, even though there was a lot of friction in that, like, hey, Chris, you really screwed up in that one. Uh, you know, you, you might want to have thought about this different way. It, 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 it made me want to excel in, in a safe way. And, and the, 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 you know, email that, um, not must the other, Zuckerberg just sent out, okay, to his employees about what they're going to do. There, 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 there's no, there's no safety in that. There is no meeting people where they're at, and, and there's nothing about skills, uh, you know, development. Um, no. And you know, it's only going to go so far. That has a shelf life. These companies are hurting because of their own demise. And, and right. Of them. Well, and I think that going back to the fact 
you know, of this as this is a performance and financial conversation. This is not this like squishy, nice to have, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could all have beanbag chairs and, you know, (laughs) it's like, this is not what we're talking about. This is not about creating a happy Island type of a thing. This is like, no, this is actually what brings out performance in people. And like you said, these are self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. These are self-inflicted wounds in organizations where they've done like what you described. Well, we're only going to invest in these handful of people. We're going to, you know, look for Jim everywhere and Jim isn't everywhere type of a thing. And it's like, you are cutting at your bottom line in these things in, in major, major ways. Yeah. So the other thing I'm curious in what has helped with this from your vantage point. Cause I think one of the, I mean, hopefully, hopefully anybody who listens and watches to this, if you're still doubting that this is a financial or performance thing, just we'll do another session on this one where we'll just do a Q and a live yeah. Q and a on this. Cause I, similar to you, Christy, I love going toe to toe on these ones. It's like, I don't really know if this is going to make a big impact I've seen over the years. But one of the big things is sometimes I see this rooted in almost this scarcity mindset of, Ah, oh, but if, you know, I hear you democratizing and bringing the best out of everyone and like, but then will there be enough left for me type of, and I'm like, what? But it's a real, it's a real concern that I do see people have, even if they don't vocalize it. It's one of these like, yeah, but if everybody else is getting more of the pie, doesn't that mean there's less of the pie for me? And I don't know your experience. I've never seen it play out that way. Kind of like what we said with Musk, where it's like, no, he, he would just be an even bigger billionaire than he would. Yeah. He would not somehow be like, oh, now I got to share the stage with all these other, other P. It's like, no, you just keep going. Yeah. I mean, not only that, you're being talked about for the wrong things. I mean, right. <laughs> Musk, when, when he came out, I was enamored. I mean, everybody has been, and people still are, you know what I mean? With what he you know, what he put together, you know, I mean, with SpaceX, you know, what he's done with Tesla, you know, I mean, the innovation, the creativity and all that. And, you know, he's created really good companies. I don't, when I hear the name Musk, I don't remember that anymore. I I remember the guy who went on Twitter and treated employees terrible because here's the thing. Nobody remembers what you did 10 years ago. Nobody remembers what you did five minutes ago. They're only going to remember that last minute. And, 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 and that's the way that we got to look at it from a skills base too, right? Like, you know what I mean? No, nobody's going to, it's, it's not scarcity, like, you know what I mean? Of, you know, lack of opportunity. It's scarcity of time right now. How much time we are wasting? Like I literally waste, like, I cannot wait for Friday. Cause I literally have not stopped working <laughs> for the last 11 days. Like <laughs> I'm totally taking a half day on Friday, getting a margarita. I'm, I'm turning off my phone. Because I went all weekend, right? As did every yep. other leader. And then, like, you know, finally the Fed came in and, you know, woo, save the day, money's in my account. I wasted my entire weekend. Okay. When somebody could just said, hey, this is really bad. Like anyone. Like, I, I feel like Ross Geller from France. Like, remember, he makes the pass at his cousin. Yeah. And, you know, and, he, and he's so scared to say something. So his head's talking. It's just like, literally, just say something. That's what I kept on thinking all week. And I'm like, literally somebody just come out and say anything, literally say anything at all. Um, And, you know, and I did the right thing because I I did, it wasn't about me this weekend. 
it was about my employees, right? But but now yeah, that's yeah. over. Uh, I have wasted time. Uh, you know what I mean? When I could have been spending even more time, you know what I mean, uh, with building my employees. And so it this is not a scarcity as far as opportunity. This is a scarcity as far scarcity as far as time. And guess what? We all went right. out of time. What are we gonna do? Well, and actually we're wasting we're wasting a lot of it by doing yeah. this type of stuff. And I think that's you know, you bringing this up, um, it just going back to growing up in a funeral home, I saw this, the point of what's the legacy you leave, right. your point, like it's not, it's not how much money you made or all the things that you did. Like those are not the conversations that are happening at your funeral when you're sitting there and everybody's sitting around talking about things like that. And that's, I mean, that's a big thing. And again, not that, and I think one of the things that's important that you have to kind of take the whole conversation into context is, it's not a zero sum game. No, that's, I think the part that's so frustrating to see is it's like, well, yeah, I care about my legacy, but I also care about our company being successful. And it's like, those are not in conflict mm -hmm. with each other type of a thing. And yeah, this is where it's exciting to see the tech bringing some of this together. Cause the reality is, and I think this is where what you're doing with it, it is really valuable in that the reality is in many organizations, <laughs> it is in conflict with time and performance because yeah. it's a broken process. We're asking people to your point to do things that it's like, yeah, well, we put these things in here. Are we ever going to do anything with it? No, we're just asking you to spend no. hours and hours of your time doing it for no apparent reason versus saying, no, let's fix that and say, no, it's going to require your time but it's meaningful time. It's going to help you leave a better legacy and it's ultimately going to lead to better performance in the organization. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we got to stop the shortcuts. I mean, it just even goes with the AI and chat GBT. Yes. You know, can they be very good things for us like longer term? Yeah. But if we don't have the skills, then they're not going to have the skills. And so again, if you want chat GBT and AI to work flawlessly, you better get your human beings, you know, that it mirrors, you know, e even more skills. It, it, again, it leads to profitability, right? You know, I mean, when things yeah. actually work and function, everything that we do in society can be tied to money. And, and, and we continue to limit ourselves by, by just allowing a few uh, instead of allowing, you know, you mean the many. Uh, we continue to limit ourselves by like, you know, literally doing things and not attaching a why to it. Right. Um, we, we, we could stop that now. And, and that's really the whole point of scale cycle. I, I mean, I, I was tired of, you know, being in the same hamster wheel, working with the same stupid tools, the same stupid processes and, you know, having the same stupid outcomes. You know, I, I built scale cycle to actually stand up and get smart, smart again and, and to enable, you know, organizations to be able to do the same. Right. That there yeah. is a better way. Um, and, and it's called your workflows and, and we can enable them with our technology and make things all very easy for you. Uh, that that's it. So you make money. Well, I make money. My coaches make money. Everybody makes money. <laughs> Everyone wins. <laughs> no, Everyone I mean, wins. I don't think, right. I, that, well, and that's, I think that's the ultimate positive message to leave on, on this is that you do this right. Everybody does win. We're laughing about it, but it's true. And I've yeah. seen it time and time again, when you get this right everybody wins. And I think sometimes people have a hard time wrapping their mind around it. Cause like, yeah, but what about this? It's like, well, that's when it's not going right. So right. correct. Yeah. When it's not going right, it isn't the case, but it can be. 
So yeah. this was fun. I knew we were going to have a spirited. Run. I know. So this this was I great. Know. I appreciate you making. I can't the believe time. we're at the hour already. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, you're thank very you. welcome. Well, thanks everybody for listening and watching. And if you missed the whole thing, uh, definitely go back and listen. Um, and thanks, Christy, so much for making the time. I'm glad to hear you are at least through the chaos. And hopefully yeah. you can take some time off and uh, get moved and get all that behind you. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I can't thank enough the, the coaches and the leaders and the mentors out there who've made me and built me so that I get handle the situation in a, in a somewhat normal manner. So thank you. I love it. I learned. I love it. All right. All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you.